clap and then you're gonna clap when I clap. Okay, ready? Sounds good. But for real this time. One, two, two three. Did you clap when I clapped? I couldn't hear end? you clap at all. Like I didn't hear any, <laughs> which is, I, so I did one, two, three, then clap, not clapping on three, right? Yes, one, two, three, then clap. So we're just gonna assume we did good. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right, so Nick, do you wanna go ahead and tell our no listeners what we named our podcast? We are calling this, um, well, I, I am actually not exactly clear on that, uh, but <laughs> which is a great way to start. But this is uh, 2020, the year we started the podcast. Yeah, we're going to call it the year we started a podcast, uh, a podcast born from piling <laughs> rubble, the ashes of 2020. Uh, I'm, I'm uh, pretty sure the technical term is dumpster fire. Uh, yeah. yeah, no, I think you're right. I, I mean, I might have to Google it afterwards and we'll mm-hmm. cut it off now, but yeah, that seems right. With a focus on positivity and trying to find something, uh, uh, trying to find a, a new focus on non-current events that are always filled with polarizing information and stuff and conveniently the presidential debates have just finished up so i'm sure we can <laughs> just start there no uh, no i don't I, I think maybe we should not talk I'm, I'm trying to be less polarizing in my day-to-day okay no i think i think that is kind of my intention is uh, you know there's so many things going on right now and i i just it seems like we're lacking on the the time we spend just enjoying the things that we enjoy and i don't really think there's a whole lot of things that haven't been said about all the things out there right now and agreed if you want if you want current news information and and uh, commentary there is you can inundate yourself in it right you can okay can, can you okay roll it back uh uh-huh. how did you say that word inundate inundate in, is that inundate. wrong i'm pretty sure it's inundate inundate <laughs> oh my god oh oh man this is embarrassing oh man Okay, good, good, good. Okay. I was going to be an English major. At one point in time, I was going to be a writer. One favor at a time. <laughs> Appreciate you. Before we get too far into it, we should probably introduce ourselves. I'm Jeff. And I'm Nick. And we've been friends for over a decade, and this is our podcast. We just wanted a space to talk about the things that are fun and interesting to us. Nick. Yeah. I have an opening question. Do it. And this is mostly for myself, but also a little bit for our listeners, just to understand how well we know one another. We, we listen to many of the same podcasts, and yeah. I just wanted to know what you thought about my podcast consumption. And, and you know I've been listening to the backlog of a particular podcast. Yeah, I do. Okay. Very big backlog. Yeah, a big backlog. And they don't need any more publicity, so we won't, uh, <laughs> we won't mention who they exactly are. But, and this will either have one of two results. Either one, you will way underestimate my dedication to the craft of oh, listening God. to podcasts. Or two... You will think very differently of your habits because this is <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so of the backlog, how many episodes in do you think I am? Are you like two hundred? No, okay, like Nick. Nick, this yeah. matters a lot, yeah. and I would hate to end the podcast after only uh, <laughs> what has it been? Uh, well, in my like listeners' minutes. terms, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> listeners' terms, two minutes. By our time, it's, it's been a different. good twenty. 25 a different amount don't say the number <laughs> started a couple couple few months ago what, what, what number you think um, a couple months ago i don't know I'm, so i'm genuinely thinking that you could get like an episode a day so okay um it, or well honestly maybe more so that's why i was genuinely saying like 200 maybe like 150 140 you really think that of me i do am i am i underestimating you <laughs> Do you think you're over or under? What do you take? I, I actually think I'm under. I think I'm under. 
No, you're over. I'm Come over. on, okay, dude. Okay. okay. Well, I know. Yeah, yeah I know. That's you're like a hundred hours. Like, yeah, it's a lot need, of hours. I, need I calculators. Know. So, 150 hours. Well, what's by. what's the actual answer? Give me my actual answer. Okay, hold on. Yeah. Okay. Here. Hypothetical. I am. Watch. I'm now. I'm nervous that I'm somehow going to be way farther than I think I am. <laughs> oh my god. Sorry, I have to get out of my podcast app where I was googling podcast names to see if we were infringing <laughs> on anything. All right. I am on episode 91. 91. Nick, I'm offended. I, I, I think I spend that much time. I think you spend that much time in a car. Is, like, the, question is, the question is, are you a degenerate like me who can both fit time in the car and then you're just like sneaking your headphones on every other moment of your day? Or like, oh, I have to let my dog out. That's a whole three minutes of podcast listening. That I oh, do. yeah. Like, I mean, yes, the trash needs taken out, Nick. And yeah. the trash doesn't, I mean, it doesn't, <laughs> doesn't go quickly. No, it's, it a, it's a long it's, walk through the garage. You, you really do need some kind of stimulation. What would people do if they didn't have <laughs> if, three minutes? Of if I had to, <laughs> if I had to take the or if I had to take the trash out all by myself with just my own thoughts, that can really you imagine? speaks to uh, this really speaks to one. I mean, it's terrifying to be alone with your own thoughts, but it really speaks to how overstimulated <laughs> we are. That I am hundred percent on that same wavelength with you, and I already knew I was before it happened. I was like, yeah, yeah, of course. I know you do that. It's fine. A note from the editor here. I'm actually on uh, episode 273 of the backlog, if you count all the episodes I've listened to. I just happen to be in the mid-90s since starting at episode one. So I'm probably do a bit of humble pie here, but uh, just don't tell Nick. Anyways, back to the show. Uh, Nick, one of the topics that you put into our, our, our Google Doc here is, is a, a book yes. that... I didn't Google because I you want didn't talk. want to spoil anything. Yeah. But I have literally no no basis for what you're you're okay. going at here. So, so yeah. Um I have done a terrible job of reading during this pandemic. Um, even though we all have more time at home and kind of stationary. I have read one book. Um and that book I actually we probably should totally talk about because it was really good. It was a young adult book, so it may not have as much to dive into. That book was Patron Saints of Nothing. I think it's a newer book. Um both of these are I think uh, relatively recent. I think Patron Saints and Nothing came out in like 2018 and Pachinko came out in 2017, Pachinko being the other book. I haven't finished Pachinko and part of the reason I wanted to talk to you about it is because one, I think you'd really like it and two, I want like a motivation to go back and kind of finish it and you know, there's the peer pressure of like, oh, you're reading it now? I Fine. I, I, okay, I really... okay, okay. Hold on, hold on, hold yes. on. So uh, first off, before we dive into the book that you haven't finished apparently, <laughs> um, <laughs> I need to hear uh, the story of what has led to you having uh, this recording be done in a very echoey room. Oh, um, something about you starting your journey, yeah. your political journey. Um, oh, yeah. Into uh, I you, had judge. Are you judge no, now? No, I'm a jury. I'm a, uh, I had jury duty the last two days, and um, so the jury duty selection process right now with COVID has been a little bit slowed down because of like the spacing out and admitting people less and admitting less people into things or admitting people slower i should say to keep people spaced out whatever so i have only done the jury selection process over two incredibly long days which is impressive but today we found out at the end of uh at the end of lunch that one of the other jurors employees has covid which is cool uh and so it's you know, he works for, he owns a small company, I guess, or so he says, and uh, one of his employees has COVID, so he says. Uh, my whole family has all, everyone in conjunction asked if he just said that to get out of jury duty, and I thought, I think that's pretty good. But, um, it's a good idea. Yeah. 
But so um, I am currently isolating from my wife because I was potentially exposed. The guy thinks that he's like, I, I don't know, she's uh, my wife's assistant. And I'm like, well, that's pretty close contact for you <laughs> to be in with it. Seems yeah, like it. So he's very concerned. The people at the thing were like very concerned. So we are excused from it for the, the remainder of the weekend. It's Thursday now. Um, we are waiting to see if he tests positive uh, and we're going to reconvene on Monday or Tuesday. So that's a fun. Oh, wait. So like they like they put the whole like, whatever the whole trial you're part yeah. of. The, yeah, I, they're delaying the case. Wow. Um, theoretically, if we start over on Monday, they think they can still have all the witnesses by the same time frame, I guess. But um, so hopefully this just means less time for me in that courtroom area. But yeah. Okay. Okay. So I know you can't. Oh, well, I don't know that you can't. I think that it's not okay to talk about uh, the cases Correct, on... Yeah uh amateur podcast but <laughs> is the guy guilty oh uh, i mean <laughs> or girl uh you know i don't believe it's a guy or i mean i don't believe it's a girl it's it's a juror selection process so they intentionally give you very little information so they said this person's name but it's not like a traditional john or anything like that i think it's um i, th- uh. I think it's a vietnamese name um don't want to like butcher it but so i didn't i couldn't recognize for sure yeah but please don't try but, they literally said his name one time and they said it one time on the opposite side of a room so I just don't know. I just have no idea. <laughs> All right. Well, good luck. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, to that. All right. Back to the uh, the book you haven't okay. read. So Pachinko is a really interesting uh, book. Uh, I figured you'd like it because it's exploring like a really interesting space that I think that in most Western media we don't really see. Um, it's exploring Korea and Japan circa like the 1930s and 40s. Um, primarily it, hmm. it actually takes place the story itself is i won't like spoil too much of it for you but the story itself is following a uh a south korean woman who uh eventually ends up in japan but more importantly it kind of follows her whole life from the prologue is uh a prelude to, to her life and then the book takes off from her as a teenager and then you follow her into adulthood and onward but um, so it's really interesting, one, to see this time frame of, of uh, culture that we don't see explored. You know, there's a, there's a part of Western media and just media in general, I guess, but like especially here in America, that likes to explore ancient Asian cultures um, or, you know, like pre-industrial or industrial area, era. They talk about like feudal Japan and whatever else. But, uh, you know, I hadn't even thought about like, I don't even know what Korea, South Korea was like in World War II, right? And so exploring right. the dynamics of Korean and Japan, Japanese relations in World War II was, is super interesting to me. Um, cultural dynamics in that time are super interesting to me. And it's specifically following a woman who's kind of going through this, um, and she's a, I mean, I, I guess impoverished, but like it's not, they don't explicitly say that. Yeah, she's impoverished. I'm, that's, I don't know why I'm saying that. And I also haven't finished the book. Part of the reason I wanted to talk about this again as so I could have motivation to go back at it with you because yeah but it's really interesting because it explores power dynamics between men and women and between the wealthy and the poor and uh, especially in this time period of a culture that's not really talked about a lot necessarily so I, it's like super interesting to me um, raises really interesting questions about power like for the people who are powerful what is the appropriate use of power like social power not like power militaristically or anything but like social sway to for people who are in less fortunate situations what does so the, um so I, i'm sorry if i missed it like is this autobiographical or no. is this like somebody okay no so it is fictional um 
the the woman who wrote it, I believe, is a uh, I believe is uh, South or like I th- I think her family's from South Korea, but I, I don't know that much about the author, so I okay. don't want to misquote or say anything you know that's not true or misrepresent her or anything like that. I usually do that kind of research about people after I've read the book, so that I don't like let it color me. Gotcha. You know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's it's super interesting because there's two characters, two men in particular that have this huge influence on this woman's life and they both are in just such better social standings and have so much more agency over their lives and they affect her agency and like there's these questions of like okay so one of these people is clearly morally bankrupt so do you like how much help can you accept from a person who is morally you know you morally disagree with that but also that person can provide you opportunity. And then also what does that look like? Because usually that means, you know, giving something to that person, whether it's just like social, you know, uh, just giving them a socially from like a approval standpoint or something or time or whatever it may be. Um, so it's, it's super interesting. I, like hasn't got, I haven't had, read a book that's gotten under my skin as much as this book. Um, I literally took a break from really? it because it was like, it was bugging me. I was at a point in time where it was, it was, bothering me but like in that way that you love where it's like oh my god i can't get out of my head how terrible the situation <laughs> is for this woman um yes we're very good at that these days <laughs> yeah true so i stepped away from but, it. but um so how long have you been how long has it been on hold like for a month you? now like a month okay is there a do they have an audiobook do you i know? believe so as a person I, with a 70-minute drive. <laughs> uh, I do believe so. And it's not like an overwhelmingly long novel. I believe it's like 400 pages um, paperback. Okay. I do believe it has an audiobook. Absolutely fantastic, man. Like That might be a good homework assignment. Yeah. Then. I see you have a book on here. Have you actually been reading during the, the quarantine or no? I have. I, like more so now that I've been driving again. And again, just because I spend a lot more like the, you know, the commute downtown here is about 35 minutes compared to my commute downstairs which is about 35 <laughs> seconds so fill, fill all of that time with podcasts and audiobooks and i forgot to even put the book name in the notes here hold on don't let me <laughs> anyways the book's called money the true story of a made-up thing that's by jo- jacob goldstein he's one of the co-hosts of the planet money podcast okay it's just a, a really interesting look into what money is. It's nonfiction, and it's I, I listen to the audiobook. I think it's a super uh, like if you're going to look for a book to listen to, I think this is an excellent option. And the reason why I say is this guy is a podcaster by trade, and uh, he reads the audiobook himself. But it's just it's so interesting to hear you know what what money was a hundred or two hundred years ago. And just the time in history when banks would issue their own currency. Like, so if you just think of every single, you know, credit union and bank across the United States, if they all issued their own paper money, how much of a mess that would be to actually try to use that money. Like, no, 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 you can totally go down the road. What do you, okay, you don't go that far down the road. Crap. Okay. Well, (laughs) right. And, and, you know, fraud is bad today, but can you imagine if there were, you know, thousands of different types of bills i can and... only imagine the like exploitative nature of that to, to certain kind of people too because like imagine a world where 
you know, there's somebody who's a little bit less educated than you. And then they like think that they're like really, especially, you know, in an old time where like a little bit less educated might mean like very little education and you could just pass off whatever. I was like, oh yeah, yeah, this, this is a hundred. This is a hundred, man. That's good. Oh, absolutely. And just like hearing all the stories about that. Like, I think it, it, it feels so foreign to us today, but like we're, we're talking about, you know, our, our grandparents, grandparents, like it's not, it's not it's something not crazy, new, really. crazy far away. Yeah. I don't know. It, it's very, very entertaining, very, very fascinating. And, you know, we have our problems today, but it makes you appreciate what we do have. Yeah, that's been a common theme for me lately with a lot of things like that. If you if you dive into historical things, especially historical perspectives of even just 100 years ago, I think the average quality of life is so much better. Oh, gosh. Yeah, you know, that's not to say that there's not work to be done or whatever, but uh, absolutely. But yeah, it's we, we we take a lot of things for granted. That's for sure. And it's something that's interesting is that I think that there's a lot of machinations of modern life that are taken for granted and just how complex and difficult to implement they are. I mean, everybody in the world has a cell phone and everybody in the world has a, uh, has internet access pretty much, not everyone in the world has a cell phone. A lot of people, especially in America here, are lucky enough to have a cell phone and we have internet access all the hell over. The infrastructure to make that is a wild undertaking, right? And not even just to make it, but to get us to the point where technology is like that. The, the machinations of like money becoming a thing. I've never even given that a second thought, but that's... Yeah, it's a it's another really quick read uh, or listen. And it like, that's just the tip of the iceberg, what I shared. Like, it's super, super interesting just to hear the history of all Very that. Very cool. I'm definitely going to check it out. So, interesting occurrence here in uh, 2020. Kind of the opposite of the 2020 theme. <laughs> Very true. Yeah. So, this isn't... As unfamiliar for you, no, Mr. Spoiled. California. I am spoiled as crap in California. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, both of our teams in our respective favorite sports won championships yeah. this year. Yeah, um, I'm out. I'm out west. I'm in SoCal right now, and uh, I grew up in SoCal, and I'm a big Laker fan. And uh, they just got their 17th ring, which is. Uh, kind of a big what thing. The, I didn't even know it was yeah. 17. Oh my well, gosh. So I will say the, uh, the Celtics fans of the world will tell you it's, it's not 17. They'll tell you it's 12 or something. Cause, uh, they don't count Minneapolis. Um, I don't really know how to feel or care about that. All I know is I had a really, I had a ton of fun, uh, that night. That's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> and most of the playoffs, to be honest. Yeah, no, I really enjoyed the bubble. It was a lot of fun to watch. I I've, I think I watched more <laughs> random teams than I typically would. Definitely. I mean, I've always kept tabs on, uh, you know, how the regular season was going and the playoffs, but especially with the lack of other things going on. And as much as I loved the Royals run <laughs> uh, a few years ago, like I'm just not a baseball person. It, yeah, um, it's fair. But but no, it was it was a fun year, a very weird year, obviously. Yeah, and the playoffs the playoffs continued that. There was a lot of weirdness in the playoffs because you know nobody kind of got out that you thought like none of the matchups that you thought were bound to happen happened. I know everybody says like oh, I'm just a fan of my sport. I am like a huge fan of just good basketball. Um, I have realized uh, the years that a team wins just like really hard. I I really enjoyed the war- the Warriors. I was living in the Bay when the Warriors were winning, and I really love Steph Curry, and. I still actually love KD's game, which I know hurts you probably, but... I'm sorry, who? That's a great question. I don't know. (laughs) He doesn't play anymore. Um, So I loved watching those Warriors, but watching them like just steamroll the championships isn't really that fun. 
So as soon as Bam right. and Goran Dragic got hurt in the Lakers Heat series, it was a really big bummer for me. And I was like, oh, well, this is going to be like so anticlimactic. And there was an element of that through the games. But as the fourth quarter of game six is winding down, you're like, I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, the Lakers are going to win? Like, ah, ah, ah. And you freak out and you're in love again. And it's like the most fun like, thing that can ever happen in sports. So how many how many championships have you actually witnessed, you yourself, that you can reasonably remember? Um, six. So there's been six in my lifetime. Oh my yeah, yeah, yeah. There's been six in my lifetime. And to be fair, three of them were when I was um, ages eight to ten. So they're not like super, they're not okay. fresh in mind or anything like that, right? Um, but I'm trying to place those because you're a little baby boy. Kobe so Sha- how... Those are the Kobe Shaq ones. Those are the Kobe's? 2000 okay. to 2002. Kobe Shaq. Um, 2000, 2001 yeah. and 2002, the three-peat. Um, I'm eight to 10 in that time period. Uh, and then Kobe and Pow have back-to-back ones yep. in 2009 and 2010. I actually watched this is the, the uh, weirdest thing in the world because you're out in Kansas. And uh, we watched the, we watched, I don't know if we watched the last game. I don't think we watched game seven together. I think I was home by game seven, but I watched probably game like three, four, five or something like that. Wait, you. at my house yeah. in 2010? Yeah. Nick, that is a decade ago and change. I know. Oh my gosh, I had completely, like, one hundred percent forgot that. Ah, see, if, until you said I, that. Let me tell you, twenty ten is my favorite series of all time. It, there will probably never be anything that is as fun for me as watching that series. So, and I, I and nothing will be as unfun for me as remembering that that was a decade ago. Yeah, and uh, let me let me give you some uh, commentary on how I watched that. Is I watched um, game one of that in Pittsburgh, and I watched uh, I, I I don't think I watched game two in Pittsburgh. I think I actually missed game two and then watched like a recording of it. And then I think I watched game three, four, five at your place. Game six at a an airport on a layover that I specifically was okay with because <laughs> I knew it was going to give me time to watch yeah, the game. Like yeah. zero. Yeah. And then game seven at home. Pretty sure. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Man, that's crazy. So all tell right. me about football. I'm sorry. I've dominated the Be space. honest. Nope. 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 Be honest. Nick, did you watch the Super Bowl? Uh, I did. I did. did I did. I, did you cheer for, I, you cheer for I my cheered team? for Kansas just for you, man. Yes, sir. Kansas city. I do want to let you know, I watched it, um, I watched it with one of my oldest friends who is from San Francisco, and I think I literally watched him die inside. It was, like, you could visibly watch <laughs> the happiness drain out of him. Oh, he's in a jersey, man. he's got the hat, there's balloons around that all have the 49ers stuff. <laughs> oh, no! We lived, like, opposite timelines there, because... And honestly, with the Chiefs run where every every game was a comeback, like I was dead on the couch, like just a right. a shell of a, a shell of a person. And then a touchdown, and then like slowly had my soul <sighs> breathe back into me. And then like it was the like so we did that for our two playoff games, and then it was going to be the Super Bowl. And like in the back of my head, I'm like, man, you know, either this will be like if we have people over. Uh, to which we did. Nice. If we have people over, though, again, the same people that we had for every playoff game, you know, it, it worked out for those. But like the stakes are like a hundredfold now, and either I will be the happiest person crying on the ground, or I will be the saddest person crying on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> and the the uh, the hard thing is, you you hope every year that you can actually get to those uh, to to the finals. Like you'd be like, if you told yourself at the start of the year, like your team's going to make the Super Bowl but lose, you'd be like, oh, my God, that's amazing. 
But then once you're right, in that but when moment, you're in it, that's absolutely malarkey. Yeah. <laughs> like there's no way. Like there's no way. At the end of that game, I was like, okay, well, you know, I'm not sad because we, we had a good it. year. We made it to the big game. <laughs> no, <laughs> we had a good year. <laughs> no, it's freaking ring or bust, and you don't even realize it until you're in it. But like, yeah, as a lifelong Chiefs fan, uh, where I can't. I mean, I lost track after. Um, yeah, it's hard to say. That's, that's uh, all the championships. Yeah, but it's, it's probably a uh, lot, right? Just the, the number is a but lot. But yeah, the the feeling came rushing back when we were finally there again. <laughs> and yeah, like man, I I I wanted, you know, I knew what we were capable of, but I also, again, <laughs> not to reuse the same joke, but I also knew what we were capable of. <laughs> and <laughs> that's fair. And like I I was so prepared to be disappointed, but then, you know. A little bit of momentum, a little bit of little Pat Mahomes magic, and Pat Mahomes. And here we are. So something else. It, it, I tell you what, like the thing that I did not anticipate. I mean, I kind of figured it would be the case, but the extent to which I did not anticipate was how much pressure that takes off of the season, and how much more yes. I can enjoy football yes. now. Because, like, to get a fantastic player like Pat Mahomes leading your team on a rookie contract. Like the pressure to win a Super Bowl is big I mean, while you have that that uh, financial advantage, right? Especially, it's it's huge, absolutely huge. And then there's a the pressure of like, well, if we fail over and over again, is this guy gonna just leave? Uh, right, especially these days. I mean, my gosh, uh, there's the people like you know Kobe and Brady that stick with their teams for an entire career is unheard right. of. Well, F- fewer further between this year, withstanding for <laughs> or withholding for Brady, but but yeah, no, it, I mean it really is though, and like as a as a team that hasn't had a lot of success, like it is even that much more pressure. And so to have that weight off our back and like, I tell you what is even crazier is the, the off season, uh, like the free agency of people like flocking to your team. Like we just signed Le'Veon Bell, who's two years ago would have been the biggest free agent signing of the off season come to us for a million bucks a year. Well, for one year, that sort of stuff is not the sort of thing I'm used to normal for the Kansas. That's, that's awesome. All right, Nick. Um, let's see. Last thing I think that I that I would like to go over is um, a segment that I think I will often participate in. <laughs> However, I'm going to abstain from this week. But I do want to know how did you hurt yourself this week? Um, so I hurt myself. I, I technically I hurt myself two weeks ago, almost three. Um, but I have been mountain biking a lot more lately, and I have been super diligent about. I am, you know, I'm like, one, I'm not 16, two, I have a wife, three, it is a pandemic. I don't want to go to a hospital if there's a pandemic. <laughs> like, it's, nobody wants to go to a hospital, but you really don't want to go during a pandemic. So um, I have been super diligent about it. Like, I'm not going to, I'm going to skip features that I don't want to do. I'm going to take every step uh, or I'm going to step myself back from the absolute limit of what I could do on the bike. Um, so I, on my birthday, no less, uh, was... Uh, went to a bike park with my dad and my brother-in-law and um, before they even got there I was like I'm gonna go do a warm-up lap and uh, on a trail I have done a million times and I know what I say a million times. I've done before and I know well enough and I know that it is well within my skills and I hit a jump and I had never hit this jump the way that I hit it that day and uh, I just cased the crap out of the jump like because I didn't realize what I was getting myself into uh, went over the bars, which even that wouldn't have been that bad because it's not a steep section. It's not a rocky section. It was a very smooth area. Um, but I just have this, te- this special skill 
for falling in ways that like tweaks my body. Like I'm the guy who like rolls his ankle every time he plays basketball. So I fell and tweaked my arm and uh, I strained or pulled a muscle in my bicep. Um, so my arm actually felt like totally fine, not doing anything. So there's no soreness, there's no swelling, no bruising, no anything, but I just lost all strength from my bicep. Couldn't lift my arm properly, but I could lift my dog as long as I put all of the weight into my forearms. As, <laughs> like without pain, without pain, I could lift my 40 pound dog or 35 pound dog with no pain. But if I tried to lift my like the if I tried to bend my shoulder and lift my uh, my arm up, my my bicep would just scream. So that's that's me. I was trying so hard to be uh, to be calm and good and everything, and then I'm just like you know yeah. It's an easy jump line. Easy jump. Uh, no, down. Easy jump. My 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 forearms a little bit, you know, <laughs> underperforming. Not really holding their weight. Let's, nope. Let's nope. You know, make them. But it's let's sign them up for some. Yeah, stuff. exactly. Uh, <laughs> they hadn't been through the ringer. You know, the rest of my body has really taken the abuse, and the forearms have gotten away with very little punishment. Okay, so I have a bike story. Yeah. Uh, so this is this is perfect. Uh, not this week that I hurt myself, uh, but this is a Jeff hurt himself a long time ago, and it's bike-related, so I feel like it's, yeah, it went in Rome. So uh, I, when, oh gosh, I would have been probably, mm, let's call it 11 or 12. Mm-hmm. It, so we were out in Colorado. Uh, they have mountains there. I don't know if you've heard. I, I have. I have. And my dad and mom had driven us up to the top of a mountain, and we were, me and my brother, we're going to ride down. He was 18 months or so younger than I am. So nine, 10, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Nine, 10. And we were going down the mountain and we went a long ways and they were following, <laughs> following us, uh, behind us in a truck. We were maybe halfway down the trailer. Or so, uh, I heard my brother scream bloody murder. So I stopped and I turned back around. I looked over my shoulder and there was my brother screaming. However, he was not screaming because he was slowing down. He was screaming because he was speeding up and plowed right into me uh, and uh, sent both of us flying. And I had, like, I landed on my knee, and uh, most of the skin was left behind. Uh, So I have a nice little scar on my knee. Then, because I was 11 or 12, so my parents were coming down the mountain after us. They saw the probably spectacular wipeout. I wish we had that on video. I'm loving the imagery of your parents slowly falling behind their their dumb kids getting themselves in trouble. (laughs) It's like, oh, God. (laughs) Yep. And so my parent, like my brother was a little bit farther down the, the mountain than I was. And they saw me screaming now in pain as a, a poor bloodied pulp over there, but they pulled so close to me. I thought they didn't see me and were going to run me over. So I was absolutely screaming bloody murder when they pulled right up to you're like lying the you're very just, edge of where I was. Just a young like, man no! lying in pain and thinking his parents <laughs> are about to murder. Screw <laughs> you, brother. brother started it. <laughs> Um, that is quality stuff. Anyways, uh, didn't go to the doctor or anything because, you know, that's what you do when you're on vacation, I guess, is rub some dirt on it and throw your bike in the back of the truck and <laughs> and then hold the grudge for your brother for, I mean, not that I didn't already have well, one checking, for I'm the other out. thousand it's things. It's been about 20 years-ish, right? So. Yeah, 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 about 20 years. Uh, but no, that's that's my getting hurt on a mountain bike story. I, it, you got to come out west, and then you can get hurt all over again. I can show you how. 
So is there like, I'm not really familiar with uh, mountain biking or biking in general that's not uh, getting hit by your brother. Mm -hmm. Is there like courses and stuff where there's like different levels of... So the the tricky thing with mountain biking is that like, you know, everybody thinks, not thinks they know, but like there's a lot of different like sub-disciplines and they're all vague, right? So like someone might tell you they uh, do a lot of trail riding. Someone might tell you they do cross-country riding. Someone might tell you downhill um, and somebody might tell you enduro and unless they're racing, that's just a weird thing to say to somebody else, but you know, they might say it. Um, so like the way that riding around here has been working for me, and this is not like the only way to do it, just what I have available and what my uh, brother-in-law friends and dad do a lot, um, is, uh, trail riding where most of the trails are, uh, basically downhill trails. So slow climb to a top and then you get onto these downhill trails that are chunky rocky have drops whatever um that's not to say that i'm some like crazy wild red bull uh x games uh rider but the the vein of just but do you yeah, go ahead. but 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 do you ride with a gopro always uh, i mean of course uh, you know how, how <laughs> else am i gonna impress the world with my six skills um i feel like that would be something i would enjoy i just need to it doesn't have to be gnarly or scary or anything like that. Um, it doesn't have to be, you know, I, I, uh, I enjoy stuff that's probably categorized into extreme sports, but I'm not like an adrenaline junkie. I just enjoy the aspect of it. That's like, right. Yeah. yeah. And there's, it's really refreshing in that it is not a, uh, it's not a strictly competitive thing. Um, I can't be too competitive with it. Like I would be with most traditional team sports. Um, because mm-hmm. if you try to push yourself too fast, that is a, uh, you know, then it's more than just a bicep. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But at the same time, it's challenging and skill building and it's not just, um, you know, uh, this is not to t- say that there's not skills, um, involved in, uh, like road cycling or cross country riding where people are mostly in it for the fitness and the workout and the, you know, like the distances, um, because there's a lot of skills in that. But it's more, those skills are probably more about like endurance skills and like pacing yourself and understanding how to like manage your body. Whereas this is more like, oh, well, the proper way to corner is to shift your weight this way, which is very similar to what we might learn when you were doing team sports, where it's like, okay, well, the proper way to shoot a basketball or throw a football is, you know, move your body this way. Um, So it has a lot of that element that a lot of us are probably missing from our uh, childhood days because you don't, you know, you don't usually go out and learn how to throw a spiral at 29. But at the same time, <laughs> uh, it doesn't have the, the team sport aspect where you have to have a big group of people to go. Like I go riding on, by my own, on my own all the time. Um, yeah. Yeah. There, I know that there's uh, places uh, around here that I can do that. So I don't know. I might have to do that. Like uh, that seems that seems up the alley of the sort of thing that I would like to do. All right, Nick. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to hang out with me. Uh, we have homework to finish reading or start reading uh, Pachinko. Yes. And maybe we can talk about that next time. I think that would be fun. Uh, definitely seemed interesting. But yeah, no, this is fun. I, I enjoyed just talking about things and especially amidst, uh, you know, what the last several months have been. And while we can still actually say <laughs> this, uh, this is the year that we started a podcast. I'm Jeff. And I'm Nick. And thank you for listening. Nick, I'll talk to you next time.